Good morning, church. Good morning to all those who are uh, participating uh, online and those that are at the building today worshiping. Uh, we are glad you're part of this assembly of the McKnight Crossings Church. As we've been saying the last couple of weeks, Christmas isn't canceled. And I hope that you've been reflecting on the coming birth of the Savior in your home, if you have a family, with your family. Uh, I received a text this week, and uh, it said this. It was from a, a member of our congregation, and it said, I found a note on my dresser that I had saved from one of your lessons. So this is from a previous, from years ago. And it said this, God found a way to relate to mankind humankind, that didn't involve fear, baby Jesus. The incarnation takes away the fear of God, addresses the fear of dying, and addresses our deepest fears of living. I said that? That is some really thoughtful remarks. And then she said, when I think about how God revealed himself to us as a helpless baby, how can I be fearful knowing that I am held in his mighty embrace? I hope you'll hear that this morning, church. Ray Ortland said it this way, God's answer to everything that has ever terrorized us is a child. Our passage, Isaiah chapter 9, and beginning with verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The passage says, for to us a son, a child is born, to us a son is given. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And again, thank you for the feedback from those of you who have been reflecting on the four pairs of descriptive titles that come out in this verse. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, I'm humbled in uh, presenting this message today. I'm humbled by the title that we get to talk about, Eternal Father. One thing that is so striking about this, this title, Eternal Father, is the juxtaposition of these two words. The word eternal that is so, so cosmic and uh, mysterious and incomprehensible combined with a word, Father, that is so personal and relational and familial. To bring these diverse characteristics together, what kind of God we serve. 
Most of the world doesn't know this God, who God is in this way. And so often we go out throughout the day with just some vague notions of our beliefs. But we can know. This passage from Isaiah 9 and 6 helps us with that. Surely this idea, eternal Father, as well. And like the name from last week, which was Mighty God, for centuries before the coming of Jesus, remember this was written about 700 A.D., and from 700 A.D. to the coming of of the Messiah, everlasting Father, or Eternal Father, and I'll use those interchangeably, was shrouded in mystery. What did Isaiah mean? Who is he talking about? And the Messiah in Isaiah 9 is described as both a son, unto us a son is given, and a father. His name will be called Everlasting Father. Well, that is a head-scratcher. What human being could bear such a title? What is the meaning of the name Everlasting Father? Now, to say Everlasting Father is not to confuse Jesus with the Father of the Trinity, but rather to know Jesus has that to know that Jesus has the same. Uh, characteristics and nature as God, I believe is what our passage is driving to. Sam Storms calls Eternal Father a descriptive analogy pointing to Christ's character, to the fact that He is fatherly and He is fatherlike in His treatment of us. Now, these terms that describe in this passage in Isaiah 9, who Jesus is and what He has come to do. Many of the qualities of a father. Now, other commentators suggest that actually the focus is on the Hebrew word father, meaning possessor of. And if we looked at it from that angle, then what is being suggested here is that Jesus is the father the possessor of eternity. The source or the author of all eternity is in the Messiah. Now that's deep. So how do we think about eternity for just a moment here? The eternity of God describes God's existence throughout history and beyond. It goes further back than we can imagine and further into the future than we can even uh, think about. And God never had a beginning and He never has an end. Does it get any clearer than that? If the fulfillment of the description, eternal Father is captured in Jesus Christ, then He is, we might say, the father of time. And so it made me think this week, what scenes from Jesus' life reveal to us an understanding of the eternal father? And I want to look at one of those for just a moment or two in John chapter 8, where Jesus encounters the Pharisees. 
And in that passage, well, it happened in many passages in the Gospels, but there is a particularly prolonged and intense section in John 8 where Jesus called God his Father, which in itself is, is significant as this was not the common expression for God for the Jews. The Pharisees, meanwhile, called Abraham their father. And Jesus points out that if Abraham were their father, they would do the works of Abraham. Jesus doesn't let up in this section as he confronts the Pharisees, and he's very feisty with them. And in John chapter 8 and verse 58, he says this, Before Abraham... I am. Now this would have created quite a pause and quite a stir with with the Pharisees. It is a clear reference to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14 and the Lord God saying what? I am who I am. Jesus is claiming I am eternal. And this set them off and they the text says that they picked up rocks and were ready to stone him at that very point. Jesus was saying that he was equal with God. And, he, and Jesus is plainly stating how the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, eternal Father, is taking place in his presence on earth. And the idea that God is eternal runs all the way through the Bible. Someone compared it to a mountain range. If you look out over a mountain range, you could imagine all these mountains that you see, and as we see the biblical text as a mountain range, we see all these places in the Old Testament, in the Psalms, in Paul's letters, where we see the eternal nature of God. One particular, one Psalm Uh, 100, I believe it is, and verse 5 says this. Think about this. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Aren't you grateful for that? And His truth endures to all generations. It speaks to the eternal nature of our God. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse, in verse 8, a passage we know, says that Jesus Christ is the same, what? Yesterday, today, and forever. And then the title given to Jesus in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, that he is the Alpha and the Omega. The passage uses the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet indicating that he is before everything and he will surpass everything. You see, Jesus is the only physical God that we will ever see. And therefore, to see Jesus is to see the everlasting Father. Well, to say eternal Father is to call on a Christ who has complete, far-ranging, 
perspective. If you had an eternal understanding or a perspective on eternity, if you could see the, the past, past, past and the future, future, imagine the perspective you could bring to the present. And yes, he's a carpenter's son, but so much more. To possess eternity is to have been around the block, wouldn't you say? To have lived through beginnings and to completely be able to grasp endings, to possess wisdom, to be able to understand people and angels and spiritual powers and Satan and the rise and fall of nations and to understand history and the future to come. I believe when you grasp eternity or eternality, you will be drawn to Jesus as a wisdom teacher unlike any other. He has been there and done that and He will help you along the way and will finish it up at the end. Now on the other side, to say eternal Father, what does this reveal about Jesus? Not many words produce the kind of uh, feelings we have when we hear the word Father. And uh, it brings to our hearts and our minds many things, including for some of us a sense of loss, maybe particularly during this time of year, for a wonderful Father who's no longer with us. Maybe for others there is a deep hurt from uh, the Father we had, or there is this nagging emptiness for the kind of Father that we never had. And if you think about this idea, eternal Father, that composite of words, that just isn't in the top hundred list of words that we would put with Father. We might think of a proud Father, or a handsome Father, or a stepfather, or a kind father, or an angry father, or a gray-haired father, or a hard-working father, or maybe even more an alcoholic father, or an absent father, or an abusive father, or a brave father, or a faithful father. So here's what I believe the Bible is driving at when it says eternal father. It is to acknowledge a relationship with his children. Now, my grandsons came over to my office as I was preparing this message because they wanted to go outside. The day was so wonderful uh, the, the last couple of days and, uh, and go outside and play. And uh, they had in, in mind some games they wanted me to play with them. But I asked them, what do you think it means to, uh, for God to be an eternal father? And Boone thought for a minute and he said, well, for God to be an eternal father, first of all, that God is a boy. I believe that's what that would tell us. Secondly, that eternal, well, okay, is that like infinity? So God is infinite? And then he hit on the third thing and he said, I guess for God to be an eternal father means that God has children. You see, God is not simply the Creator God, but He is also the Covenant God. If we could think of two words that would sort of match eternal Father, it would be Creator, creator and Covenant. 
The one who saves us has adopted us as his children and cares for us and disciplines us and he makes us and those in, as those in the adoption world would say, a part of his forever family. Eternal Father is to say, we are always a part of God's family. To say eternal Father is to know that you are his and unlike a physical father, God will never, never, ever let you go. Now, I know there's been a lot of water under the bridge since uh, 2015, but do you remember the San Bernardino mass shooting? We might have to think back. But it was at the Department of Public Health training event, and it was at their Christmas party. So it was about five years ago. And there was a 27-year-old at the time named Denise Peraza who was a survivor of this mass shooting. And she said she was spared not because the shooter saw her and turned the other way, but because there was a valiant man named Shannon Johnson that shielded her body with his own and saved her life. And this is what she says in her own words. It was Wednesday morning at 10.55 a.m. and we were seated next to each other at a table. And we were joking about how we thought the large clock on the wall might be broken because time seemed to be moving so slowly. They were in the middle of this training. I would have never guessed that only five minutes later we would be huddled next to each other under the same table using a fallen chair as a shield from over 60 rounds of bullets being fired across the room. And while I cannot recall every single second that played out that morning, I will always remember his left arm wrapped around me, holding me as close as possible next to him behind that chair. And amidst all the chaos, I will always remember him saying these three words. I got you. I got you. These are the Eternal Father's words to you. Jesus Christ is your everlasting Father. And He may have more to say to you in this day than these words, and He often does, but He always says this to us. Jesus, unlike any of our earthly fathers and any second-rate God that you are putting your trust in, your confidence in. One that will eventually let you down. Or worse yet, leave you. But as the writer of the letter to Hebrews, the Hebrews says, keep your lives free from the love of money 
and be content with what you have because God has said, never, this is the eternal portion, never will I leave you. This is the Father portion. Never will I forsake you. Once we belong to the Eternal Father, He is our Father forever. There are no goodbyes. And even death will only draw us nearer. Our Eternal Father says to you, I got you. I got you. I got you. Let's pray together. Bless you, our God. Bless you, Jesus. For serving us, for loving us, for sacrificing for us, as an eternal Father. And as you hold us tight and speak your words, I got you. Over us this week, may we draw near to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Have a great week, church.